Upbringing, we're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. here for our live weekly Q&A. The topic this week is how to promote self-sufficiency and raise capable and confident and independent kids, right? Wouldn't that be lovely? And we're going to do all that, hopefully, <laughs> using powers beyond control, right? That, right? that instinctual toolbox that comes so naturally to us, we want to control them, right? Consequences on my terms, now, threats, rewards, overpower, lecture, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts, just freaking do it, mm-hmm. right? Is where that we end will up. motivate them. Right. right. So we, we're going to be yeah. attempting to use powers beyond control, our connection toolbox, which mm-hmm. is research-informed, shame-free, consent-based. Yeah. We're trying. That's the goal, and this is the topic. We're excited for you to be here. So let us know what areas of your kid's life they're still needing you a lot about, mm-hmm. right? They can't do the thing like the toothbrushing on their own. They can't get in their bed or get ready with PJs on without you. They mm-hmm. say they need you. They cling, they whine, they demand, or they don't care if you're there or not because they don't really want to do they're it. They're just and not going to do it. If you want it done, you have to be there walking them through step by step. Mm-hmm. What are those areas in your kid's life where you just wish they could take it on? Mm-hmm. What we like to say independently, whatever the task is, mm-hmm completely consistently mm-hmm. and with joy would be nice that'd be nice like, like self-motivated smile on yeah that'd be good yeah so what areas are tricky Everyone. for you in that way right now let us know we also wanted to mention while we're here that it is our year anniversary for the membership collective um, our membership online community mm-hmm. and we're offering a um, anniversary sale to enroll at 25 dollars a month or 250 dollars for the year which is much less than even the sliding scale options that we typically have available. But we've had this lovely, amazing little cohort. Mm -hmm. We're excited to expand it now. And we'd love to get to know you and support you through your child's big feelings and challenging behaviors Mm -hmm. um, together in community. That's right. We've we've got private coaching program as well, but the Upbring membership is the least expensive way to get one-on-one access to us and to a lot of advice and commiseration and connection with other parents around the globe who have sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent, spicy kids Mm -hmm. um, and are struggling with it and growing up through it alongside their kids. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So check that out on our website and you can get that $25 anniversary founders rate to have access on your phone and computer for you and your partner if you have one any time of day. Yeah. We'd love that. That would be fun. Well, let's dive in, shall we? Let's dive in. Okay, a lot of folks wrote in um, saying where their challenges were with wishing their kids could do the thing, that activity Mm -hmm. of daily living, or it could be like a manners situation or a safety situation. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why? 
I think very often, I think for me, my mm -hmm. daughter knows how to do her evening routine. I've seen her do aspects of it before. Mm -hmm. I've walked her through it and she's done it, right? But she struggles to do it independently, so on her own. She struggles to go through the shower, to go do, clean up the stuff, to do all of the things um, completely. So she'll forget steps, right? Mm -hmm. Which is so understandable, but tricky. Um, she doesn't do it consistently. So sometimes she needs me, sometimes she doesn't need me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she gets some of most of the things done, other times not. I even have to cue her to even start it, right? Mm -hmm. And then with Joy, she does it pretty much with Joy, but very often when I have to be supporting her and struggling with her mm -hmm. through it, it is not so much fun, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one example um, personally that I've experienced where I'm like, I want her to be able to do it all the way. I used mm -hmm. to do all of these things for her. Mm -hmm. Since she was a baby, I would do her evening routine and her bathing routine. And now she's almost 10. Mm -hmm. And I would really like her to just be doing it on her own yeah. all the time. As Wouldn't that be nice? As everyone is, is filling in here onto our, the live Q&A, think about what is that one thing where you're like, I'm done helping with this. I feel so yeah. resentful or exasperated or stretched and they're old enough. I think in my mind they're old enough. They should be able to do it. Just stay in your bedroom and put yourself to bed, right? Just go wipe your own butt, please. Yeah. Right? What are those things that are coming up for you? Is there also a fear associated with this? So not just I'm a sure. frustration of being like, I've done it for you so many times, mm -hmm. or I have so many other things or other mm -hmm. children or other demands that I would love to do. So could you just take care of yourself for a little while, please? Mm -hmm. And not need me to walk you through all of this. But is there a fear involved? I feel like you've mentioned Absolutely. that earlier. That came up with a couple, a couple of yeah. our private coaching clients, actually. It sounded like bedtime was kind of an issue because they're really struggling and wanting their kid to do it independently. But the more we kind of sussed it out a little bit, the more we realized that bedtime wasn't actually an issue. They kind of went in there, lay down with their kid, their kid spent 15 or 20 minutes kind of tossing and turning, then they went to sleep. And so Hannah and I were kind of like, so what's the problem? What's, what's the problem here? Why is that a struggle for you? Or what are you worried about? What's your concern? Yeah. And they said, well, I want them to be able to do it independently so my worry is that I'm kind of enabling. enabling giving a little too much teaching them to only use it with my do it with my presence whatever it is so if we're tying our kids shoes like Meg just did here yeah. wiping their butts um, helping them fall asleep through our co-regulation emotional regulation is another one I want them to be able to calm themselves down so go to your room and calm down is our instinct <laughs> often right I don't want them to depend on me always. So what is that fine line? And I think it also brings up the topic that um, comes up a lot in our membership community and private coaching, which is we feel like we're kind of torn between these two camps, doing it all and being there constantly whenever they need us or don't need us maybe, or forcing it all on them. And I think so much of what we're going to talk about in this live Q&A and podcast episode is what does that middle way look like? Yeah, I guess. So the question I was asking was a question that comes up for a lot of us what is that magical age when my kid should be able to say please and thank you, be able to take out their trash, be able to put their backpack stuff away, be able to clean up an entire project, be able to be safe with their sibling. By three, four, they should be able to be safe with their little sibling, right? <laughs> and I love that we can hold that question lovingly because it's running through all of our heads at all times. When is their readiness? When should they be able to X, Y, Z? And set it aside to say, we're gonna look at our kids and try to meet them exactly where they are with the goal of promoting self-sufficiency and capability through our modeling, the routine, um, the environment, our approach, 
-hmm. right? Yeah. A balance of a lot of things mm -hmm. as opposed to putting that pressure on them and being like, I know you can do this. So just freaking do it. Just perform. Just do it already. Mm -hmm. um, when you think, I think what you're saying, Kelty, is that it's a skill that we're talking about here. It's a lot of skills. So these are not just <laughs> tasks or demands. These are actual skills in doing all of these activities of daily living, right? Mm -hmm. Molly had mentioned putting things away is a skill. I feel mm -hmm. like they should be able to do it four and seven, but don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the skill may be they can physically put thing in thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we think they can physically do it, but the skill is also requires all these invisible things like feeling secure enough in the nervous system to feel like they can focus, right? Feeling like they're done putting away whatever it is, or if they haven't moved on to something else and then redirecting their focus. That's another skill that they have to have mastered, not just the physical act of being able to lift something up and put it away. And you mentioned earlier, sequencing that order mm -hmm. of which goes first and which ones get grouped together and where to even begin. Mm -hmm. I like that you brought up earlier, Hannah, that your husband struggles with even just doing independently, um, fully consistently and with joy kitchen things. And we mm -hmm. all struggle with that. How often do you walk into your garage and you're like, I don't even know where to start you're here. Like, I'm not even, <laughs> or you I'm look in your fine. emails and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's executive functioning challenges, right? That's that prefrontal mm -hmm. cortex that's overwhelmed, that's taxed. If my body is not feeling regulated or my nervous system or mm -hmm. I'm feeling emotionally overwhelmed, I struggle to, mm -hmm. to do these tasks of daily living and much like our kids do also. Mm -hmm. Meg, you'd said any bedtime or uh, bedtime would be lovely. Remembering all the steps to bed, like brush teeth, put on jammies, etc. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. mentioned tying shoes also. Someone else mentioned with a nine-year-old, it's the ownership of their commitments like soccer, they knows we leave the house at 5.30 p.m. for practice, has two hours after school, supported with tools like a checklist, bag prepped ahead, et cetera. That's great. Mm -hmm. But still, almost every time, I'm reminding and repeating that he needs to stay on task. So on task with going or on task with getting, getting ready. Getting all the things ready. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like those so extracurricular activities come up a lot in the upbringing um, coaching membership, mm -hmm. right? How do I get them out the door? I'm nagging them constantly. They sign up for this sport, but do they even want to do it? It seems like not. And then they always have fun there, but how do we just get out the door? And why is it my job mm -hmm. so often mm -hmm. to be the timekeeper, to be moving everyone along? Mm -hmm. It's so hard. Yeah. Let us know yeah. what other challenges you have with, with trying to support your kid and them doing things on their own independently, completely, consistently, and with joy. Mm -hmm. It's so, so tricky, but I think what we're swirling around here, right? And what comes up so much in our membership collective is saying, let's talk capacity. Mm -hmm. So capacity, like cognitive capacity to focus in on something or to do something and sequence those events. Most of our kids don't have that executive functioning yet very often mm -hmm. or capacity as far as the, the willingness or ability to focus and even just stay on task. Are they it's distracted? Are they tired? Are they maxed out? At the end of the day, it's going to be harder. It's hard for me to get my butt up to do anything at 5.30 compared to like 9.30 or 12.30 or even 2.30, right? So 5.30, it's like, oh, it's hard, right? We've been focusing so much of the prefrontal cortex we do have during the day. Your nine-year-old may struggle to stay on task and then move forward towards soccer practice and honor those commitments, right? Mm -hmm. Because they literally just don't have the brain space to do it, mm -hmm. right? Could also be emotional capacity, right? Where they technically know how to maybe tie their shoes, but they're wanting to be close with us. They're going to school or they're going somewhere that's stressful. And they're like, I just want mom here mm -hmm. to take care of me or dad to Something show me that comes up a lot. People me. are like, why can't you just walk into the bathroom? I'm just going to stand and watch. Why do you need 
my constant physical presence mm-hmm. to do these things. I'm not even actually helping you. I'm just standing here. Yeah. You're taking me hostage. It feels really unfair sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some other reasons, Hannah? Because it, I feel like everyone listening right now might be like, okay, it sounds like you're giving my kids a big old pass <laughs> for needing me all the time and for not being able to do this. These are a lot of kind of like mitigating circumstances for resistance, avoidance, inability to complete it. Like you said, independently, mm-hmm. completely consistently and with joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is giving them a pass, but it's also just getting real with our, with our kids and our situation and saying, I'm acknowledging and accepting that this is the current situation. And then I'm going to find that middle way where I don't just say, okay, fine. I'll wipe your butt forever. Okay, fine. I'll pick up all your stuff forever. Okay, fine. I'll brush your teeth for you forever. Okay, fine. I'll get you dressed or get you undressed yeah. and into bed forever. I'll give you all the reminders on your timing and your stuff. Right. We don't want to enable our kids by being that, that proxy, but they also do need our participation and kids do learn best through connection, through modeling, through support in that way. But how can we do it in a way that actually starts passing off some of those skills to our kids rather than thinking or showing them that they can rely on us to do it, right? So let's dive into the four keys, four things we've identified to help our kids become more self-sufficient, more confident, a little more capable in these activities of daily living, chores, homework, getting out the door, staying safe with their siblings, cleaning up, um, Mm -hmm. manners, all the stuff, Mm -hmm. like all those things where we're like, they should be able to buy now X, Y, Z. And they're showing us maybe they can't, but they're needing a little support. And what does that support look like? What are those four things that we can be doing? And I just want to say, this is a topic that comes up a lot in our online membership community, which is on sale right now for $25. So check it out this week. Mm -hmm. If you want to enter at the founder's rate, And these are the types of conversations we can have one-on-one with you through the collective community and in weekly group coaching calls, taking your situation where you're like, this thing is killing me. This thing is feeling like the worst. I'm going to bed swirling around this and yelling about this. Your personal stuff, we will walk through one-on-one with it. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it a little more generally right now. Yeah. So I think that if we want our kids to learn how to do these activities of daily living independently, so on their own, completely, so from beginning to end, Um, consistently. So every time Mm -hmm. and with joy, so feeling self-motivated, taking pride in whatever it is, give a little smile, like actually enjoy it. Right. You just want them to to take a sense of pride in whatever Mm -hmm. it is. We actually have to do those four things with them first. Right. And so it's not doing it for them first. It's doing it with them. And then they will begin to do it for themselves or to themselves. Right. That's the, that's the goal. This is that middle way. So independently, If we want our kids to do, you know, hygiene things independently, school things independently, like homework, whatever it is, they do need us with them first. So they actually need to do it not independently, but with us. So it's okay. We're giving you permission to do things with your kids for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They're not going to be needing us forever, right? (laughs) Right. So, and they need to be doing it with us, not just so we can do it for them. We're doing it with them. And that's where the skill building is going to happen. So it's okay, right? He said, what's the fourth someone asked? Independently, yes. consist- yep. completely, so, consistently. And with yeah, so it's on their own, independently, all the way down, com- completely, every time, which is consistently, and with joy, if possible, if and when possible, right? Or at least acceptance that like this sucks and it's hard and whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? But feeling motivated from the inside out, yeah. So the second one, completely, right? If we want our kids to do something from start to finish, all the way, we can't just 
tell them to do it and hope for the best, right? That's the situation most of us are in when we're frustrated is we've just been like, go do it, la la la. And then we're frustrated when they miss the sequencing of packing their backpacks or finishing their homework or doing the bedtime preparation for themselves. So a lot like, of this, why do you always forget your water bottle? Why can't this be a complete job, right? right? So from start to finish completely means we need to help them through the sequencing of events. It doesn't mean we do all the, the sequence for them. It means we do it with them so that they can build the awareness and scaffold the skills of what it is required to do X, Y, Z. And that could even be from the simplest thing of, okay, so we need to rip the toilet paper off the toilet paper holder. Now we're going to fold it in several pieces like this, right? So a lot of it has to do with showing them and telling them what that process is, whether they do any of it or whether they do some of it, or whether they're doing all of it and just wanting that that translation and that support with our presence there, we need to be there doing it with them from start to finish and identifying all of those steps. I love that you bring that up because people are like, my kid won't do it with me if it's like cleaning up or that type of thing or getting dressed. They just want me to do it to them and for them. And I think you're identifying a really big superpower for us in those moments when our kids are, aren't really participating quite as much as we'd like to, which is naming the things we're doing, musing about the things we're doing listing the things we're doing as we're doing. Okay, so I'm gonna sort these. Well, it seems like all of these balls are here, so maybe I'll put, we could put those in the bin first. And they're just sitting there watching. And you're like, yep, we're doing this. They're learning. They're still watching and learning. Yeah. You put all the balls and then you could say, okay, what else would clear the big stuff? Maybe we get the big pillows out of the way. Cause those are kind of in, in, our, <coughs> in our put away space. So we clear all, let's clear all the big pillows. So they're hearing the process, mm -hmm. right? And the sequencing of something. Right, so just like to help them be independent, we have to be doing things with them at first. So we're cueing them, oh, hey, you're home. So what do we do with your backpack right away? Mm -hmm. Right, so we're helping them cue that and remember by putting, be, being there and doing it with them. Mm -hmm. The same thing is when we're actually in the moment doing whatever it is with them and completely from start to finish. We're helping raise their awareness of when that happens, how it happens, mm -hmm. right? Why it needs to happen, right? And then consistently, so that's the third thing. So if we want them to be doing it every single time, we've got to show up every single time. We have to be consistent. Right? We have to, right? I realized at one point, my son would sometimes, when I was with him, he would clear his plate from the table and his glass and his things and wipe up. And then other times he would just completely walk away. And I was like, why is this taking him so long to figure mm -hmm. out? And I realized it was because when my husband does dinner with him, he doesn't have him clear his plate or do any mm -hmm. of that. So he's only getting that cue and that support half the time or whatever it is that we do different mm -hmm. dinners, right? And so that was a huge thing for me. I think another thing with consistency is helping our kids realize what works for them and to troubleshoot their way through any challenges mm -hmm. with the environment or the routine and shift. I think consistently we think of, well, whoever said need to unpack the backpack or brush the teeth or clean up the mess, they do it. We want our kids to do it on our expectation. We get timeline. to determine when, how, right. all the things. Yeah. But I think a lot of it with consistency is saying, if we want our kids to be consistent, we have to find a way for these activities of daily living to work for them. So when works best to brush their teeth so that it can actually get done consistently. Is, is, it, it, is it right yeah. after dinner in the kitchen before they've gone into like super focus mode on mm. a, on a project and, and then have to go upstairs and they're just kind of like, oh, and they can't do it, right? Or when does cleaning up happen well? Maybe after they take a break and they come back refreshed from outside or maybe right after they're finishing the play 
They do the cleanup maybe. Mm -hmm. We have to help them figure out what works best for them with these activities of daily living. So if they're gonna be consistent, it has to be in a way that works for their nervous system, that works for their temperament, that works for their flow and their mm -hmm. focus. And this is the middle right? ground between saying, nope, right when you walk in the door, you gotta empty your backpack right then and seeing their backpack unemptied and just going and doing it ourselves. This is the middle ground of catching them in the moment and saying, hey, I noticed you just came in. What do we do with backpacks? Would you mind grabbing the lunch out of there? And right. if they say no, or if they run off or whatever it is, that's not the right timing for them. And we can have that conversation of when is a good time for that? For me to support when were you doing work this? For you right. to grab that out of your backpack, mm -hmm. right? And then I think the last thing, so if we want our kids to do things independently, we have to do them with them at first, right? Mm -hmm. if we want our kids to do things completely, all these tasks and activities of daily living. Right? We need to be doing it completely with them from start to finish and sequencing that and helping them understand from start to finish what those tasks require so they can practice with us. Because otherwise they'll just forget a lot of the things and, mm -hmm. and the skill won't stick or kind of, um, kind of be rooted as quickly or securely, right? Mm -hmm. And then if we're gonna do it consistently, we need to be consistently supporting them in this practice and helping them find a way for it to work for them. And then the fourth, if we want our kids to be doing these activities of daily living, taking care of their bodies, taking care of their homes, seeing to their responsibilities with their backpacks or with their homework or with their screen time or with their siblings or friendships, mm -hmm. right? We, we want them to be doing it with joy if possible. And so that requires us to, to be doing it with joy as often as possible, creating a positive association around all of these tasks. If we are getting super cranky and frustrated and exasperated helping our kid through the bedtime routine. What's that telling them about the bedtime routine? What are they experiencing from us experiencing that with them? Same with chores. Gosh, yeah. if we're acting like it's a drag, they're going to be feeling like this is a drag. And this learning that fun. it's a drag. Cleaning right? up sucks, right? So all of these things we want to be when we're able modeling it as um as a value that we love and not in a coercive so you have to do it way but in a let's do this together i'd love your participation in whatever way you're able right we can make it fun we can make it what's happening in there we can make it goofy mm -hmm. we can um, put on fun voices we can mm -hmm. act play we can get flexible like we said before in the consistency with that timing mm -hmm. and we can basically have needs-based conversations with our kids we can even get real and say Cleaning is, is wonderful. I'm so glad we can all chip into the home. I'm feeling like I'm doing a little bit much of it and I'm hoping that we can offset a little bit of that if and when you're able. What things are you able to take off the family plate mm -hmm. that would feel good? When are you able to do those things? Let's keep working and troubleshooting and really just having those needs conversations. You're needing to be doing this other thing. I'm needing to have this space clear mm -hmm. or I'm needing to help you get your homework done so we can head to bed not too late, whatever it is. Like you said, Kelty, the reason we struggle so much with this as parents and having our kids not do things independently that's mm -hmm. so tricky is because it makes us worry, will they ever do things independently, mm -hmm. right? It makes us think, I'm really tired and I need them to do these things mm -hmm. independently, right? Uh, I mean, there, there's so much um, kind of emotional pressure on us to be, to be pushing them to take these things on. But like you said, how we go about it really matters. And what we talk about in our upbringing collective membership is what we call the three C's. This is how we go about these problem solving conversations or collaborative conversations is with compassion, with curiosity, and with creativity. And these three C's make up a circle of connection that we do over and over and over again. Someone had mentioned here, they said totally get this working with them, right? And doing things with them instead of for them, right? And what do you suggest when tendencies push up against unmovable boundaries like school starts at a certain time, et cetera? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> identifying what those immovable boundaries are is the first step because we have a lot of things in our head that we think are immovable that actually could be a lot more flexible than we think. So I think confronting those and pushing those ones that actually can be shifted or tweaked to the side is the first step. Right? So that's one of those environmental or routine recalibrations we make a lot with, with folks in our community. But I think even just our approach, the approach with our kids, with those three C's that we talk about, compassion, curiosity, and creativity, it's a collaborative conversation that brings our child into, and of course, we got a mastermind where the one responsible being like how to get to school in the morning. We can think about how can we adjust the environment to make it more sustainable? How can we adjust the routine? How can we reduce the demands on us and our kids? How can we increase the capacity of nervous systems so that we're all feeling better to do better and can move forward? And how can we right. approach it in a way that's not going to feel coercive or yeah. naggy or controlly, which right. might make more resistance or increase stress a little bit? Sure. And that's about knowing that the answer in this morning challenge, for example, and how can our kid be helping us help them move forward to get to school? The answers lie between us, mm -hmm. not just all on us. And it's not just all on our kids. Again, it's that in the middle, middle way of saying, mm -hmm. we can figure this out together. As soon as we're our kids ally and we're on their team, when it comes to these, with these mutually stressful and taxing activities, the more um, kind of solutions we can come up with together and the more iterations of skill building and awareness building and relationship building we can be practicing with our kids. So right now it's about getting out of the door in the morning or getting the teeth brushed or getting through the bedtime routine, right? But eventually it's gonna be about a lot of other obstacles in our kids' lives or between us and our kids that we get to work with them on together. And we'll have created this patterning through the three C's, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's, it's gonna feel a lot more natural and a lot smoother over time. Yeah. I think so much of this conversation around how to promote self-sufficiency and capability in our kids when we're feeling a little wrung out, a little resentful, a little tired of pulling so much weight and mm -hmm. doing so much, and we have those ideas of my kids should by now, by <clears throat> this age, is really considering our home as more of a democracy considering our conversations about quote unquote conflicts around these topics as needs-based conversations saying, I'm needing more of this. What are you needing? How can we get both of our needs met in this situation? And we can speak to them human to human about this in a collaborative way, as opposed to with that binary thinking of they should be able to do it by now, maybe leaning on that control toolbox of coercion, right? To say, and you need to do it and you need to figure it out or it has to get done in X, Y, Z way. A lot of what we talk about in our collective membership, which is um, open right now for the anniversary founders member rate, um, so we're, we're open enrollment right now, we'd love you to join us, is saying, how can we not just consider how to get something done with our kids, right? Or like, if it gets done, it needs to get done. Mm -hmm. But thinking about how we can go about it. And that's the, the compassion, curiosity, and creativity, these life skills mm -hmm. that we're pra practicing and learning ourselves mm -hmm. as parents and that we're gonna be teaching our kids to be practicing as well. Mm -hmm. So we're all growing up together. That's what we like to say because it's mm -hmm. freaking true, you all. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, it's mm -hmm. really, really true. We're figuring this stuff out alongside our kids. And it's these conversations, these needs-based conversations that Kelsey said that we support you in having and learning to practice with your kids from even when they're like two and three, we can be having these conversations. Yeah. We're having our own internal conversations, our conversations in the collective with mm -hmm. other parents and with us. And then we're, we're hopefully empowering you to turn to your child and say, we're in this together. Let's mm -hmm. figure this out together. Mm -hmm. And trusting in the fact that our kids actually want to collaborate with us, mm -hmm. right? When they're given more power, more agency, more information, more connection, they will feel better and do better. 
right? Mm-hmm. They will want to brush the teeth with mm-hmm. independently, completely, consistently, and with joy, mm-hmm. right? They will want to unpack the backpack and start the homework routine independ- independently, completely, consistently, and with joy. They will want to and be able to work through a challenge with their sibling in those ways, yeah. right? Yeah. I like so much of this conversation and those four things separate to me the with joy thing i know it's fourth i know it's tacked on i know of course we're like some of these things are hard so with joy might be not necessarily um gonna happen every time but the with joy is really important to me Mm. and it's why often i let go of things happening and focus more on those fundamentals the value of it the modeling of it Mm -hmm. because the first three independently um consistently complete and completely are all focusing on the skill which is wonderful. And that means we got to work our butt and get in there Mm -hmm. and and do it with them and all the things. But if we can't do those three things, if we're fried and we can't lean in and model and do all this stuff with our kids and and work with with joy, essentially joy too, then we, if we can, we got to let it go. Let the room stay messy. Let the teeth not be brushed that night. It's okay. Right. Let the homework go and we'll figure it out in the morning, whatever it is, because the with joy part is really important. And if we can't lean in in a, in a collaborative, connective way, we might be leaning the other way on that, con- on that control toolbox, which kind of makes it not joyful for anybody. Right. Well, right? and I love that, Kelsey, because I think with joy is the ultimate motivator mm-hmm. to do anything in our lives, is to have that intrinsic, authentic connection, motivation to say, I want to do this. I know this is good for me to take care of my body, to take care of my home, to take care of other people in my life, to, to see to the um, responsibilities or commitments I've made with joy is the ultimate motivator because it gets into our inner wisdom and authority to saying this aligns with me, right? Mm-hmm. Even something that I didn't think I necessarily wanted to do. I have a deep knowing that it needs to get done and I want to do it and I mm-hmm. will do it. Right. Yeah. But with joy, we ha- that's why we have to focus all of these conversations with our kids on creating a positive association as best we can so that they will be kind of um, be able to lean in to building the skills to do it independently, completely, and consistently over time. It's kind of the magic sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the glue and all and the, the other things. The magic sauce of joy, doing with joy, is having compassion for ourselves, our kids, that this stuff is hard sometimes. We don't necessarily want to get in the shower or finish the homework or go to this thing clean up or clean up or do whatever it is. Right. And then it offers the curiosity, right. To our kids, to ourselves. So why, what is the obstacle? What, what's holding us back from seeing this through or finishing this or starting this, mm-hmm. right. Or doing all of the steps. And then that allows us with that safety and with that awareness, it allows us the creativity is the third seat to problem solve our way through, to get to the other side of the obstacles in our lives that right now for our kids are about toothbrushing and homework mm-hmm. and cleaning up and whatever, but eventually you're going to be about more important things, really big projects and commitments, really important relationships, a lot of responsibility in their lives. And we don't want our kids to have negative associations around those and a lack of skill on top of it. I love that you allude to, it's not about the toothbrushing. It's not about the chores, it's not about the homework. It's about holding emotional obstacles with care and working through them with connection. Right. And a lot of people say, this, this, is, a skill. this is too much work. This is, <laughs> I just want to say, just go fucking do it. Right. And we all feel that way sometimes. But I think when we're able to realize the potential and the investment in leaning in with those three C's mm-hmm. 
and considering a more connective and collaborative approach to helping our kids become self-sufficient and more patient approach, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be building like really intrinsic motiv- motivated skills, a self-understanding mm-hmm. and an ability to, like you said, overcome those, those obstacles, whatever they are mm-hmm. and however they manifest as they age. Mm-hmm. That's going to be hope. okay. Everybody. It's okay. Like all the things that we want our kids to be self-sufficient about right now. Cause it's, otherwise it's on us. Right. And that's a lot of work mm-hmm. or because we're so worried about, will they actually, will they be like entitled and lazy and mm-hmm. rude and <clears throat> you know, slobby. Yeah. And mm-hmm. slobby and slovenly and you know, un, un, um, unkept, unkept, right. Mm-hmm. That word is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be okay. Right. The work we're doing together here uh, on these live podcast, you know, Instagram Q and A's and the deeper work we're able to do in our um, upbringing collective online membership and in our private coaching that kind of integrates with that. That is the work we're doing right now with our kids so that they can start building the skills that start with self-compassion, curiosity, creativity to get through any challenge, whether it's personal, whether it's situational, right? Whether it's institutional, whether it's relational, these are really big life skills we get to practice with them. Someone asked, do you have any executive function promoting tools that you recommend as kids are getting older? We already use laminated checklists, losing track of things at school, especially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So executive functioning, promoting tools are that exact process we talked about just now. So doing things with our kids, right? Doing things, uh, helping them through whatever the task is and identifying and naming it like the checklist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, showing up every time and helping them problem solve and, and recalibrate when and how these things get done is really important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and making it fun and positive and connective that builds the executive functioning in their brain. I think what you're, what you're saying, Hannah is we build our kids executive functioning and that's the 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 big pill to swallow and what none of us ever really knew getting into this parenting thing is how much work this is on us and it's easy to print a checklist and be like i printed the checklist so now just here is your it. next your next proxy to just follow through <clears throat> sometimes our kids need more than that they need us there and we can't always be there they need a right? human presence we're all wired as humans and mm-hmm. our kids are wired to learn and to grow through attachment to another human. So they learn more by seeing rather than by hearing or being told. Mm -hmm. They learn more by touching and doing rather than just by, again, reading something or seeing a list of steps, right? We learn as humans interacting in our world and through relationship with important people in our lives. Think about all the things that you've learned the best. It was probably doing it, like cooking or figuring out something and actually engaging in it physically. And it was probably also in relationship with a person where you had a moment of like, wow, I get this mm-hmm. or wow, they're tailoring this to me personally, right? They're not just saying do all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was personalized in, in a way. And, and that's the way safe. it actually gets done. And it was safe. Yeah. Because it's yeah. safe because it's personalized because it's interactive and physical. Those are the ways that all of us learn best. And that we get to be supporting our kids in these moments, right? And I know that with school, you're like, oh, there's some things at school that happen. So we can't necessarily lean on a teacher to be doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. But we can keep having these awareness building conversations. We can keep having these planning sessions and questions. Mm -hmm. And again, not putting a lot of negative pressure or stress because anxiety actually reduces performance. It reduces learning. It reduces behavior uh, that we want to see. 
So again, it's about connection and security that builds the awareness and confidence that allows our kids to have the focus of their brains being that slowly growing prefrontal cortex where decisions are made, pros and cons are weighed and all that stuff rather than in their reactive, I'm stressed, survival kind of part of their brain. Yeah. And I hope that this conversation has normalized the fact that our kids struggle with sequencing steps with remembering things, with being complete, with doing things that feel like chores with joy and normalizes that we all struggle with those things too, right? And it's hard sometimes we look at one kid versus another, at their sibling or with a neighbor and everything looks so easy for them and their kids just remember everything. And I wanna just remember that all brains are different. Mm -hmm. All bodies are different. All kids are different. They're not worse. They're not stupider. They're not um, feather brained. They're not um, irresponsible. Right, they're doing Those the best. judgments. They're doing the best they can yeah. with the skills they have right now. Right, and they're perfect just as they are. We don't have to be caught up to some other child or to some standard. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that if whatever the thing is, is something your child wants for themselves, mm-hmm. let's focus on it. If it's something that not getting done harms your child or makes them suffer or struggle in a particular way, focus on that thing with your child. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on what they're doing that's not ideal, not I love that mm-hmm. you're focusing on. Yeah, or not doing, mm-hmm. focusing on what they can do and helping to work in a collaborative relationship that we work through those three C's with the folks in our community to say, how can I support you in supporting yourself? So we actually build the life skills from the inside out with our kids. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna include, like all of us have learned over time, that the best way we learn isn't by performing everything perfectly, independently, completely, consistently, and with joy right away. It's not how any learning happens, y'all, right? It's actually by doing things sometimes alone and sometimes not alone by doing things completely and other times missing a bunch of steps and then mm-hmm. processing that that's mm-hmm. the learning happens from not doing things perfectly mm-hmm. and consistently and then forgetting and not doing it and then coming back to the table and saying what's going on there what can we do right troubleshooting and problem solving and solution orienting and the three C's yeah. is how learning actually happens. There's, it's no, not, there's like, no learning and nailing it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And no one is meant to nail any of these things, especially our kids with these little, you know, growing brains and especially mm-hmm. with us with so many demands on us already to be doing things independently, completely, consistently and with joy. We mm-hmm. already have our own to-do list mm-hmm. as parents that we're dealing with. And then we're also masters in charge of our kids one. So I love mm-hmm. Kelty that you're saying, let's reduce the pressure a little bit. Let's remember that this is all part of the process of learning and growing. We're not failing anything. This is our, you know, pre-programmed, culturally conditioned mindset to say we have to do things independently, completely and consistently. Otherwise, we're bad. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that says something we're negative behind. about us. That's that, that, that programming that puts so much pressure on ourselves and then mm-hmm. us to then be the proxy to put on our kids. Mm-hmm. So let's hold these three things as a loose compassionate, grace-filled goal. Are they playing a board game? (laughs) Um, Let's hold those things as ultimate goals, but they do not need to be immediate goals. Remember the fourth goal is with joy. That is what's gonna lead to all of these other three things happening over time. Maybe we should start Coming from an authentic place. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone said, how do you stop yourself from lecturing? I get in a worry spiral. I can't help myself sometimes. Oh, yeah. We totally relate to that. Keep Mm -hmm. keep your worry spirals going um, in our membership community Mm -hmm. um, to, in your own mind, journaling to a partner or a listening partner or friend, right? Mm -hmm. Even when you get on one of those worried tangents and you're lecturing, but you need to learn accountability. Mm -hmm. You need to 
you know, mm -hmm. clean up your room but or you're, you're going to get an F and that's going to go terribly for the rest of your school career or yeah. what you need to learn how to take care of your body. Otherwise people are going to judge you because your hair's greasy or all these things are going to come out of our mouth sometimes. And so much about it is because we just want to express the stress and feel safer yeah. or because we want to convince our kids and motivate them through mm -hmm. our own fears to maybe get whatever it is done. Mm -hmm. But again, we have to remember that's the least productive thing. It might get the, the teeth brushed that one night. Not with my kids. But not with some kids, right? And it won't be consistent enough to really build that four-step process over time. Mm -hmm. So let's take a deep breath, regulate our bodies in those moments when we realize I'm about to lecture. Mm -hmm. I'm about, I feel helpless, my back to the wall. Mm -hmm. All I have are my words, and I'm gonna try and use them to make this shit happen. Mm -hmm. Let's stop that because it's, actually holding us all back from those the four-step process starting with the joy yeah right. but like i said sometimes we can't stop ourselves yeah sometimes we lecture our kids and we get into one of those those fear spirals mm -hmm. and i want to say it's okay when we do that and we can always connect later mm -hmm. so honey remember earlier this morning when i kind of like <sighs> wigged out about the school situation or when i worry police and i just kind of like yeah. screamed about how messy your room was and what a slob you were and i'm so sorry that i came at it that way you know, I've got my own my own things that I'm working through. I think I was a little worried about getting it done. I was feeling a little overwhelmed, but I shouldn't have mm -hmm. said those things to you. And I'm pretty sure I escalated your stress and I'm so sorry, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I focus on what to be afraid about with the toothbrushing or with the homework or with the whatever. And I get into kind of luxury teacher mode mm -hmm. and that doesn't help you child, right? To mm -hmm. feel safe enough to do it. And it also isn't focusing on the skills that you're needing support in right now. So I'm going to work on taking a deep breath and I can work on asking you, how can I help you do this mm -hmm. right? Independently, completely consistently with joy over time. And we'll get through it together. We're going to figure gonna be, this out together. It's not going to be all four at once. It's going to be one for a little oh. bit and then a second and then maybe two and then you've got third and the mm -hmm. other one drops. Mm -hmm. It's all good. And I like that even, you even use the word lecture, right? Mm -hmm. And lecture is in our control yeah. toolbox, consequences on my terms. Now, threats, rewards, overpower, lecture. And then shame, blame, spanking. And all of these are methods of control, of dominance, of hierarchy. And I think that if in those calm moments before we start a lecture, we can think, I don't want to be in that position of power, right? I don't want to be talking down to my kid about this. How can I get down to their level physically and or emotionally and level with them person to person? My concern is, you know, you haven't washed your hair for six days and and then you have to think to yourself, why am I actually concerned about that, right? Mm -hmm. Or my concern is I'm gonna have to clean all this up and I don't really feel like cleaning it up because I have a lot to clean up right now, right? Or my concern is <clears throat> your teacher's a little bit hard about certain homework stuff and you've skipped for three days. What can we do about it? Mm -hmm. I'm here, I'm your ally, I'm your wing person. How can I help you? What can we do? What are you needing? It really requires a, a separation between us and our kids and saying, I don't have to fix them and change them and control them in these ways that they're on their path and I just get to support them. And I get to express, like you said, Kelty, my concerns. I get to ask, how can I support you? Let's get compassionate about these challenges. They're so human, right? We're so hard on ourselves as adults. Let's not raise kids who are hard on themselves and other people either. So start with that compassion step. Mm -hmm. Move on to the curiosity to build that awareness of why is this hard for me? What are these obstacles at play? What are my deeper needs? How am I feeling about this? So we're building an awareness of understanding in ourselves and then ultimately for our kids and other people, right? They're going to be so socially and emotionally savvy. And then 
creativity. How can we get our needs met? How can we move through these challenges for us and other people and in between the two of us, right? Is there a way to get your needs met? Is there a way to get my needs met? Right. Is there a way to work out this situation so it doesn't feel so shitty for everybody? Right. We can figure this out. These are conversations that feel really awkward at first right? For most of us, mm -hmm. it's like most of us don't even use these conversations with coworkers or our partners or our mother-in-laws or our friends, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us are using these conversations and beginning these with our kids first. And it can be awkward because our kids aren't skilled in them either. We don't all have a therapist who's teaching us how to talk this way and start mm -hmm. these collaborative conversations. So it's a, it's a brave thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. And you're not alone in doing it. You get to practice with us. So we're so grateful that you came here tonight for our live Q&A, podcast, Instagram here. Um, we love these Sunday uh, conversations mm -hmm. and we really encourage you to come and check out our membership collective, which is online. It's the live weekly coaching calls. It's the forums and the community that's worldwide of people who are going through the same thing and saying, how can I start practicing these conversations that are patterning my child and our relationship in a particular way to overcome obstacles for a lifetime, right? Internal obstacles, relational obstacles. This is the work that we're doing together and that you shouldn't have to do alone. That is yeah. too much. That is a lot. Yeah. yeah. We'd love you to be in the upbringing collective. So check it out on our website. We'll be talking about it for another week or so while doors are open at that founder's rate of $25 a month or yearly rate of $250 a year, right? To have basically 24 seven <clears throat> access to us and a community of parents and caregivers who get you, who get sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent, spicy kids um, and wanna be there for you as much as you're there for them. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, for all of us mm -hmm. parents who are sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent, spicy, spicy ourselves, who also struggle with our own self-sufficiency and capability at times, yeah. right? We always like to say we're all growing up together and this is the double work and the double load that we're doing, which is an opportunity. It's an investment. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. You're not alone. We're all growing up together. Reach out anytime with any questions, any concerns. We're here to support you and we're so grateful for you being here. All right. Bye, everybody.